Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Kennywood is probably one of the most beloved of all Pittsburgh institutions. Probably everybody uh, within the sound of my voice has some memory of Kennywood, good, bad, or indifferent. And, and oftentimes when we talk about the history of Kennywood, we mention that it's a trolley park. And you've probably seen the pictures, the black and white pictures of the trolleys pulling up to uh, the outside of Kennywood on what is now Route 837. But there were many trolley parks at one time in western Pennsylvania and throughout the country, I think. What is a trolley park? What's a trolley? I guess we have to even start uh, there for, for many of our listeners. Our guest this morning is researching the history of some of Pennsylvania's trolley parks. She's Jennifer Sopko. She is a historian. I believe she also is editor of the Ligonier Valley Historical Society's magazine. Is, is that accurate? Or Westmoreland County? Yes, Westmoreland uh, Historical Society's magazine, Westmoreland History. Okay, and Jennifer will be presenting on the 27th at 7 o'clock an online talk about some of her research into Western Pennsylvania's trolley parks. For more information about that, go to mckeesportheritage.org. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Jason. Thank you for having me on the podcast today. Well, thank you for being on the podcast because I think this is a fun topic and, you know, we're all kind of in the winter doldrums right now. So this is uh, something for us to think about the spring and summertime. You we you were on a few years ago. You wrote a book about Idlewild. I did. I did. Back in uh, 2018, I spent a few years researching the history of Idlewild Park in Ligonier. Um, it is Pennsylvania's oldest operating amusement park, uh, the country's third oldest operating amusement park, and it started as a picnic grove for a railroad line. And that book, um, can you give us the name and uh, where people can find that book? Um, uh, the name of the book is Idlewild History and Memories of Pennsylvania's Oldest Amusement Park. Um, you could find it on ArcadiaPublishing.com. It was published by the History Press, available at Barnes Noble, available at, um, you know, check your local brick and mortar bookstores. And, and you know, I'd love for you to support your local bookshops if, if they do carry it. Yeah, so, so the Idlewild book... Um... Uh, which came out in 2018. Uh, Jennifer Sopko is our guest this morning. What you, you mentioned, Idlewild is Pennsylvania's oldest operating amusement park. Was it an amusement park in our sort of modern conception of theme parks with thrill rides and uh, uh, things that spin you around and things that drop you up and down and roller coasters and everything like that? No, it was really just a simple picnic grove with pavilions. Um, it had a few man-made lakes. It did um, the first ride that came to Idlewild in, around 1891, maybe a little bit earlier, was a merry-go-round. But it really wasn't until um, the early 1930s that it started to develop into more of a traditional amusement park with more the refresh, more refreshment stands, live entertainment, you know, roller coasters. Um, whip some of those uh, more traditional theme rides. How typical of that was was that for every major metropolitan area? What what were these picnic rows? Why would why for our modern era it seems so quaint 
and, and almost boring that people would want to go ride somewhere just to have a picnic. I mean, so so tell us what these trolley parks were. Why weren't people just driving someplace? Well, um, when you look at the uh, late 19th century, um, you're seeing transportation companies develop. You're seeing the railroads um, come into this area. You're seeing the uh, electric streetcar companies come into this area as well. Um, you're seeing people having more leisure time. So people didn't have cars, in other words. Exactly, exactly. Okay. There were horse and buggies and, you know, the, the trains and the, and the streetcars. And to boost passenger business along these trolley lines during the week evenings and weekends, uh, the companies would establish picnic groves as stops along those lines. And then they would add maybe, um, you know, a dance hall, a dining hall, maybe a, a merry-go-round. Um, and some really didn't develop much beyond that, but others did continue to add more rides, which was easy because, you know, you have electricity powering the line. So it was easy to kind of extend that into the park. Uh, we're talking with Jennifer Sopko. She's a Pittsburgh-based writer who specializes in stories about local history. Um, she is currently editing the Westmoreland County Historical Society's journal. She's written two books, actually. I, I forgot about the uh, Ligonier Valley book that she wrote in 2013, uh, which is called Ligonier Valley Vignettes, uh, but she also wrote in 2018, Idlewild, History and Memories of Pennsylvania's Oldest Amusement Park. She will be on the 27th at 7 o'clock presenting an online uh, uh talk presentation about trolley parks in western Pennsylvania. That will be for the benefit of the McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center. You can sign up for that at McKeesportHeritage.org. Um, so trolleys, right? So we're familiar with the light rail system in Pittsburgh that runs out to the South Hills Village area, but Pennsylvania once had a much more extensive network of these trolleys. You could practically go to any town in, in western Pennsylvania on the trolley, right? Oh, yes. There were so many smaller trolley companies uh, throughout western Pennsylvania. And it's actually really mind-boggling to kind of trace the history because a lot of them were absorbed by other um, by other trolley companies, which in turn were absorbed into either bigger ones. You know, West, West Penn Railways and Pittsburgh Railways are the two big conglomerates that come to mind. And it, it does become pretty confusing to try and trace the history of, you know, maybe this small trolley company was only in existence for a couple of years before it was absorbed. So it's been kind of interesting when I'm um, tracing the history of these specific trolley parks to kind of go back and see, well, who was the trolley company that started them in the first place? So you you would go to from Greensburg to Irwin or Greensburg to Ligonier or McKeesport to Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh to Trafford or, or wherever, mm -hmm. and, and you didn't have a car if you didn't walk. You 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 rode the streetcar. So, yeah. so so these these trolley lines then evolved uh, in the eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, nineteen hundred era, and, and and then why did they open these trolley parks? I mean, was this this was the recreation of the day was to take a trolley ride out to the country somewhere? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Did did every trolley line have a trolley park? Um. Did they have more than one? Did some of them have more than one? That's a good question. Did every single trolley line have a park? Um, I have to imagine a majority of them did, and that would be something that I will add to my list of questions to answer, <laughs> the ever-growing list of questions, because this um, my book has become such a monster of a project. Um, but there were, um, there were trolley lines that did operate, establish and operate uh, multiple parks along 
their lines. Uh, and I couldn't go okay. back and define what I'm defining as a trolley park, as a traditional trolley park. And I think a lot of, um, you know, amusement park historians would agree. Uh, a trolley park would be a park that was initially established, developed, built, owned, operated, et cetera by the trolley company itself, by the streetcar line. You know, it, it owes its existence to that streetcar line. Uh, certainly there were other parks that just happened to be built along, along the trolley line strategically because obviously that would bring business or the trolley line was extended out to reach the park. But, um, you know, for me, the, the traditional definition of a trolley park is that park that was established by the streetcar line originally. Um, you have the Beaver Valley Traction Company out in Beaver County that had Junction Park in Rochester Township on one end of its line. And then on the other end, Murado um, Park in Beaver Falls. So it was okay. operating both. Okay. Um, we see West Penn Railway start to absorb these smaller lines and it would go on to, um, you know, operate or own and operate um, Olympia Park. Inversales okay. near McKeesport, mm -hmm. Oakford Park in Jeanette, uh, Lenape Park uh, near Catanning, and uh, Grifflow Park in North okay. Hall. So, okay. you know, some of them only operated one, others operated multiple ones. We have to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, you, you've touched on what I want to ask you next, which is where some of these parks were located, um, what they looked like and how long they lasted, and if, if there's anything other than Kennywood, for instance, that is re that is remaining from them that people could go look at today, okay? Okay, sounds good, Jason. Uh, Jennifer Sopko is a historian. She's the author of two books, uh, Idlewild, History and Memories of Pennsylvania's Oldest Amusement Park, and Ligonier Valley Vignettes, Tales from the Laurel Highlands. She's working on her third book, which is about lost amusement parks, specifically trolley parks, throughout western Pennsylvania. You can find her on Twitter at Jennifer Sopko. You can also find her on jennifersopko.org press.com from the tube city center for business and innovation in downtown mckeesport this is two rivers 30 minutes we'll be back in 30 seconds support for this broadcast comes from striffler's family funeral homes since 1866 striffler's has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in white oak mckeesport dravosburg portview and the surrounding areas striffler's offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare and through its affiliated company design monuments striffler's also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone bronze and other high quality materials learn more at striffler's.com or call 412-678-6191. Idlewild Park was not a trolley park, was it? It was a railroad park? Was it on the right. railroad line? Mm -hmm. It was started by the Ligonier Valley Railroad Company, uh, which was owned and operated by the Mellon family. Okay, so you would take a train out to the amusement park then from the town of Ligonier, I'm assuming. Right, or you would take um, Pennsylvania Railroad. Okay. Train from Greensburg, Irwin, Pittsburgh, and then... Um, either connect, you know, get off and um, get on a Ligonier Valley Railroad train in the early days and then continue on or because it was originally a narrow gauge railroad. Okay, so the trains couldn't go directly. Right, not yeah. not in the beginning. And then they yeah. converted to standard gauge and then you could just kind of continue on on the PRR. Uh -huh. This would have been an all-day excursion then because it's tr a train is a lot slower, or at least it was in those days, than driving, right? So whereas it's 15, 20 minutes from my house over to Kennywood, you, you would have, what, packed a lunch and supper to, to go to Kennywood or go to Idlewild or you would have spent all day there. Exactly. There, there were some concession stands, but I, 
I have to imagine the vast majority of people brought the picnic baskets. Okay. Or if they were there with a group picnic, maybe there was um, like sort of a catered meal there. Now, you mentioned a couple before the break uh, of these trolley parks. One of them you mentioned was Olympia Park, which was just outside of McKeesport in the, in the town of Versailles. You mentioned Oakford Park, which was near Jeanette. You mentioned that up in the Beaver Valley area of Pittsburgh, north of the city, there were two parts. Beaver Valley Traction Company, which was the, the street railway, had two different parks, one in Rochester and one, where was the other one? Uh, and in Beaver Falls. And in Beaver Falls. Okay. What would have a day's activities looked like? Let's take Olympia Park, since that's kind of in our backyard here for the radio stations in McKeesport and Braddock. What what would have day have been like? What would you have done at Olympia Park? Well, uh, Olympia Park opened in 1901, um, late summer, uh, probably by July, August, we're starting to see some of the very early attractions um, opening up there. They had a merry-go-round. They had um, live orchestras and bands at a pavilion. Um, and that's pretty much it. Oh, and they also had a, a baseball field. Okay. So that's what people were enjoying being entertained by. Um, starting for the first pool season, um, 1902, we're starting to see a theater where summer stock, traveling summer stock groups would come and perform. Uh, vaudeville acts would entertain. Um, they're building uh, a bandstand for some concerts. Uh, of course, the more people that you have there uh, who are staying all day, they're gonna build some toilet buildings there, you know, to you know, for people. Yeah. Um, then it, it probably within a, uh, a few years after that, we're also seeing um, a lake for boating, Lake Olympia. Uh -huh. was created. They dammed up Long Run. So like a lagoon, like they have at Kennywood? Mm-hmm, pretty okay. much. Okay. Um, uh, there was also the Colonial Inn Hotel and Restaurant there. Okay. Uh, that building actually predated the establishment of the park by the by the uh, trolley company. Okay. Um, but, you know, they had a hotel there. You know, I don't know how common it would be for people to come and stay overnight. That would be something really interesting to kind of see if I could research. Um, but I, I would think a majority of the people just came for the day and then left on either either the uh, streetcar, which at the time Olympia Park was created, that was the Pittsburgh, McKeesport, and Connellsville Railway Company. Okay. And then eventually it was absorbed by West Penn. Which um, became, which I should point out, West Penn Railways then is the one of the predecessors or, or sister companies of the current West Penn Power Company. Mm -hmm. Correct. So, yes. so that still survives uh, to this day. And then also Olympia was served by the B&O Railroad too, which okay. is kind of interesting. So you could, all, it, it wasn't, you know, obviously created by the railroad company. It was the streetcar company, but, you know, you could say it's sort of a railroad park too, because it, you know, served the passengers on the, on a nearby line there. They but, knew a good um, thing. They knew a good thing if they, if they had one, right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, but, you know, in the early days of Olympia Park, you're just really picnicking there. Maybe you're enjoying a vaudeville show. Maybe you're, you know, renting a rowboat for the lake. Um, but then they start to add some rides. There's a miniature railroad added, um, at least by 1905, because that, that, uh, that attraction was featured in a film that I'll be showing next week okay. during my presentation. At least, okay. you know, a couple of clips from that. Mm -hmm. Um, a figure eight roller coaster was also added 1902. Um, we start seeing a, a pony track with live ponies, roller skating rink, a tumble bug, just like Kennywood's turtle, um, uh -huh. aerial uh -huh. swings, bumper cars, a caterpillar, a whip. Um, in the 1920s, they're starting to kind of revamp these rides. 
Um, there's a new merry-go-round that comes in from uh, Philadelphia Toboggan Company. Um, they replaced the original figure eight coaster with a new coaster called Leapfrog. Okay. So by that point in time, they're starting to upgrade the rides that they've already added. So again, you're when you add these rides, you're, you know, the, the trolley company or, you know, whoever was leasing the park at the time from the trolley company would, you know, make some extra revenue from people who were buying tickets to ride all these attractions. Uh, Jennifer Sopko is going to be doing a presentation for the McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center uh, on the, the 27th. That is Wednesday um, at 7 o'clock. It's online. You can register by going to mckeesportheritage.org. Jennifer is a historian. She's written two books, one called Ligonier Valley Vignettes. Another one is a history of Idlewild Park. You can find either one of those at your local bookstore or via Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Her talk on Wednesday at 7 o'clock is going to be about the history of some of the forgotten amusement parks or defunct amusement parks of western Pennsylvania, and specifically the trolley parks. These are the amusement parks that were started by the streetcar lines, the mass transit lines uh, in the late 19th century and early 20th century. So Olympia Park, the location, I guess, still survives as a shopping center that has the same name, Olympia Shopping Center. Is there anything, you mentioned Oakford Park in Jeanette, is there anything left of Oakford Park? Not really, um, not really, but um, I recently learned um, that uh, a gentleman has purchased the former Oakford Park property. Um, and I had the opportunity to talk to him and he's looking perhaps not to reopen it as an amusement park, but to preserve the area as a green space and some kind of recreation space for the community. So I'm looking forward to um, seeing what happens to that. There also was Westview Park, a little bit north of Pittsburgh in the town of Westview. Was that also a trolley park? Um, not a standard trolley park because it wasn't you know, started by the, the trolley company. company, but they did extend the line out to Westview. Oh, so this is, so it was the opposite happened. Most of the times the trolley line happened first and then they built the park. This time they built the park and the trolley line was extended to it. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you been able to come up with any kind of account of how many of these trolley parks would have existed in the Pittsburgh area or is it just hard that kind of come and came and went? Yeah, um, I have sort of a running census of all the different parks, whether they were just a simple picnic grove, uh -huh. whether or whether they they developed into more of a traditional amusement park with the rides, uh -huh. um, you know, and, and that goes beyond just the parks that were started by the trolley companies. I mean, I have several dozen, not all of them are going to make it into the book because I yeah. kind of have to like you know, define my criteria, what's the cut, what technically is an amusement park, what technically is a trolley park, but, um, so there's going to be, there's going to be a lot more parks in the book, um, compared to what I cover on Wednesday, uh, for the, the Heritage Center, but, you know, I'm, between the standard trolley parks started by the railway companies and, and another handful of parks that I call lost trolley service parks uh -huh. of Western Pennsylvania, I'm covering about 20. Okay. And Let's... that's not even, you know, all, all the minor ones that I probably haven't uncovered yet. Let's pause right there. When we come back, I want to ask you what ha whatever became of that. Why did they close? Uh, mostly before World War II, but certainly in that Great Depression, World War II era. And I've probably, spoiler alert, 
I've probably mentioned the reasons why they closed right there uh, in my outro. Jennifer Sopko is an author and historian. She edits the Westmoreland County Historical Society's journal. She's the author of two books, Idlewild and Ligonier Valley Vignettes, that you can find anywhere finer books are sold. She's working on her third book, which is about the lost amusement parks and trolley parks of western Pennsylvania. We'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up here. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. When we took the break, I mentioned that these parks started to close in the Great Depression era and then leading up to World War II. But I wanted to ask you, who went to these trolley parks, amusement parks? I'm assuming, you know, this was an era of segregation, even in the North. So were white and black residents equally able to take advantage of of all of these amusement parks or were some of them closed to black people? Well, um, I haven't yet come across anything that would indicate um, these, any specific park was officially whites only. Uh However, when you see advertisements for the colored Baptist picnic, for example. Which you know, is, which was their terminology they would have used at the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, that would indicate that there was an implied segregation. You and know, there, there and, were certain days that, you know, black groups would be welcome to come to the park. I bring, um, I bring this up because there was a park in Westmoreland County. I think it's still there called uh, Fairview Park. Am yes. I correct? Mm-hmm. Which, which was started by um, black residents to make sure that they had a picnic park. Right, right, yes, near Delmont. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, started by um, Pittsburgh area uh, churches. So these parks um, arose with the development of the streetcars, the, the electric trolleys, what we would now consider like light rail systems, for instance, but in, in the late 19th century, early 20th century. So the period from about 1880, 1890, 1900, you mentioned Olympia Park in McKeesport, opened in 1901. Um, I'm assuming two things kind of killed these parks off, right? The, the private automobile, the Model T, and then... What did the depression do to these trolley parks? It seems there were a variety of reasons that these parks closed. Um, you know, you're you're competing with other regional parks. The demise of the streetcar service, coupled with the rise of the automobile, um, you know, some of these parks had fire and flood disasters, and and oh, really wow. didn't completely recover after that. Um, right. Both the the two Beaver County parks I mentioned, Junction Park, Murado Park. Um, Junction Park had a flood in the 30s. Um, both of them closed. Uh, 1937 is when the streetcar line um, closed. So they, in, instead of trying to, I guess, sell them they to open, somebody yeah. else, yeah, they just kind of closed. Um, you also have parks like Grifflow Park um, in North Apollo. Um, that kind of opened a little later. Um, it started out as Allison Park. It was renamed Grifflow Park. Um, yeah, it started out as Allison Park in 1911 by Allegheny Valley Traction Company um, when it was purchased by um, and, and then operated by the St. Peter family in the 20s. Uh, it became Grifflow Park, and that was a combination of Vandergrift and Apollo because <laughs> it sat between the two towns. Sure. Um, you know, that that had a flood yeah. and it, you know, the rides never recovered, but the St. Peter family continued to operate it as a picnic ground. And then by the 1960s, they just kind of decided, you know, we're done. You know, we're not interested in continuing it as, you know, a a commercial enterprise. 
Um, we want to enjoy it, you know, for our family. And it's kind of nice to know that, you know, descendants of the St. Peter family are still living there. So they're, they're yeah. still Long enjoying time. the park. Yeah. So there were a, a myriad of reasons. Um, and, and with Olympia, um, you know, contemporary uh, newspaper articles of the time, you know, credited the, the um, or laid the fault for the, the park's closing on transportation restrictions during the war. Uh, 1942 was its last season. Um, they were planning to reopen in 1943. Um, they had, you know, some picnics scheduled, the Keysport School picnic, and then um, an Office of Defense Transportation order banning the use of buses to carry picnickers. That was the last blot that drowned the butterfly. So, <laughs> and I guess yeah. they just decided, you know, it's, uh, I, I think, you know, maybe it was already starting to decline by then. And then right. how did a park like Kennywood survive when so many of these other trolley parks went out of business? How many of these trolley parks, period, survive? Well, I, I remember coming across um, an article. It might have been in Billboard, Billboard magazine with uh -huh. the park's then manager, uh, Cece McDonald. Um, I think it was maybe around 1933. It said, you know, 3% of amusement parks were, you know, in the black. Were being three percent out of yeah wow okay mm -hmm. and that was in the 1930s and then then you get to the 40s with world war two world war two um idlewild closed for two full seasons uh had the uh, 1943 and 44 1945 it only opened uh, on a limited basis probably so, because people people the combination of people couldn't get there and then the young men who normally would have worked at the park we're off fighting the war. And I'm, I'm looking at my list of, of parks. You know, you have Alameda Park in Butler County. That was closed by the 40s and its grounds were sold to a church group. Um, you've got the three Pittsburgh Railways parks, Calhoun, Southern, and Oakwood. Um, those, where were, where were those before we let you go? Where, where were those three parks, Calhoun, Southern, and Oakwood? Yeah, Calhoun was in Lincoln Place. Um, okay. Oakwood Park was in Crafton. Southern Park was in Carrick. Those closed very early on, um, okay. two of them around 1906, the other one around 1911. Okay. Um, the Beaver County Parks by 1940. Um, there's a, a Homestead Park and Homestead was closed by 23. So there's there were a lot of parks that closed even earlier than, okay. you know, the Great Depression and, okay. and World War Two. Um, and there were just a few like Oak, Oakford Park in Jeanette. Okay. Um, you know, the rides were taken out by the 1940s, but the swimming pool continued for many years after okay. until the late 1980s. So some of them were able to adapt, adapt, yeah. you know, maybe they weren't a traditional amusement park, but they still had some kind of recreational aspect. Um, you know, Cascade Park in Newcastle, Lawrence County. Um, it's just the municipal park, yeah. you know. Um, so some of them, some of the parks are still living on as you know community gathering places of sorts um but others you know like olympia it's a shopping, it's a shopping center. center and westview park is a, is a shopping center as well too. And, and rainbow gardens in in white oak not yeah. a trolley park not a trolley but, park you know, another one of our local parks that's and jennifer if people hear this and they have information maybe they have pictures of calhoun park or southern park or something how, how would they reach out to you that would be awesome. Um, I'm still working on this this project. It's it's gonna take me a long time. It's it's been pushed back to 2022 at least. Uh -huh. um, so please, if you have any information, you can reach me through my website uh, jennifersopko.com. You can find me on Facebook or jsopkowriter at gmail.com. These these amusement parks 
brought people and communities together. Without them, they would not have existed. So I want as many people to be involved in this project as possible. I want as many um, organizations like uh, the Keysport Regional History and Heritage Center, uh, like the Pennsylvania Trolley Museum, who's been very instrumental in my research, um, all these wonderful local historical societies, libraries, and museums. Uh, without them, I could not do a project like this or, or any other uh, local history research. So um, please please help me with the book. I'd really appreciate it. Jennifer Southko is the author of two previous books, one called Ligonier Valley Vignettes, the other one called Idlewild. You can find those wherever books are sold. She's working on her third book about lost amusement parks and trolley parks of Western Pennsylvania. And Wednesday the 27th at 7 o'clock, we'll be doing a presentation online for the McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center, which you can watch for free. Uh, you have to register. Go to their website, mckeesportheritage.org. Jennifer, thank you for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Oh, thank you, Jason. I really enjoyed it. And thank you all for listening today to Two Rivers 30 Minutes broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.